John 5, we'll read verse number 4 to begin with. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Let's skip down to verse number 10, and we'll pick up where we had left off in our last study. Lord willing, we'll wrap up this series of messages this week. It says, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Let us pray. God, we love you. We thank you for yet another day in your house. We thank you for the promises that we are able to stand on. We thank you that our name is written there on the other side if we're saved. God, and we thank you most importantly for your son Jesus and sending him when we didn't deserve him. God, for his shed blood that is applied to our hearts and our lives and cleanses us and God purifies us that we might be able to take part of this family, that we might be victorious and be overcomers of this world. Lord, we love you. We thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. This morning, the witness of our victory, the witness of our victory, we understand and we know that we're overcomers of this world, that if you are a saved Christian, that you are victorious already. What an amazing thing that it, there's a battle that has already been fought. It's already been settled. It's already been won. Death, hell, and the grave has been, it's been uh, won victorious by our Lord and Savior Jesus. And to consider that and the magnitude of that, it's something we didn't have to even get up and do. We just simply trust in him and he saves us. And we're part of that family. We're part of that fold. It's a beautiful thing. But that does it in there. I heard somebody say one time, and I've tried to repeat it and I've tried to live by it, but... The saying went, if the only thing I'd ever done in my Christian life was be saved, then I, 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 it's a shame. I don't want to stand for God and believe in front of God, and that, that's the only thing I'd ever done. I want there to be more. I want there to be some substance to my life. I need there to be a little bit deeper uh, relationship, and I believe sometimes in this modern Christianity that we get, that's how it's sold to you, is you just get saved and you got enough to get in and you're all right. That's not where it ends. There's got to be more. There has to be more. Matter of fact, that if you're truly saved, there's going to be more regardless of whether you like it or not. Because that light, you can't, you can't put it out. You can't extinguish it. Uh, as the, the flame will flicker, but the fire uh, doesn't go out. It happens that way. Sometimes my light gets a little dim. Sometimes it gets a little hidden. Um, and as that song's, uh, song says, I won't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't want to hide that because that witness that's given to me, that witness that's placed inside of me through salvation, it needs to be shown to other people. It needs to be shown to my children. It needs to be shown to lost folks. It needs to be preached from this pulpit. You need to live it in your life. You need to share it with your loved ones and the people that you know and the people you see. So the witness of that victory, first, it, it, the victorious, we are the victorious, we are witnesses of eternal life. And it says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. 
Now, when it says, he that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. Well, at, at salvation, at regeneration, at redemption, Christ, is, he moves into us. He moves into our being. He, he, he take, gets all that, that flesh, it's still there, but at the center of us where our soul abides, that's where he moves in. That's what he changes. Now, this flesh stays the same, but he places a witness of him inside of us. And it looks like, first and foremost, uh, I want to look at this scripture for just a moment. When it says, he that believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Now, first and foremost, just in, in layman's terms here, what this is saying is that whether or not you believe God, whether or not you believe Jesus came and died and got out of the grave and walked, uh, walked victoriously out of the grave, it's so, no matter what. And you are calling God a liar by not believing it because whether or not you believe it, that doesn't change anything. And I've said uh, from time to time, and I've seen this, uh, this, uh, this sticker, bumper sticker or, or license plate, please, under the Lord, do not get offended at me if you have this on your car. But I saw this one time, and it said, uh, the, the Bible says it, and I believed it, and it makes it so. And that's not the case. God's word is so. It is true regardless of whether or not I choose to believe it. I am just calling to God a liar. I am spitting him his face if I choose not to believe it. So it is vital that we believe it because whether or not it, I believe it or whether or not you believe it, it is still true. It is still so. It is still settled. It is still written. It is still proven. It is still forever. It is still eternal. It's... It, God is God regardless of whether or not I, I, I slap my sticker of approval on it. My approval doesn't mean a thing. I'm just thankful to be in his family. I'm just thankful to be a little part. You know, I'm fine getting in the back of the line, uh, uh, you know, at, at supper with the Father one day because I'm just getting in by the skin of my teeth. I deserve to die and go to hell. What an amazing thing that I'm able to take part in his family. I don't even deserve to be there. You don't even deserve to be there. What a blessing it is that he gives us that opportunity. The victorious, we are witnesses of eternal life as it goes on and it says, it says there in verse 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son. I want to mention something real quick. We could probably set up camp right here all day, tomorrow, the next week, the next month, the next year, forever until God comes back. Eternal life is the one beautiful thing as Christian people that we can have that not just any old Joe Blow out on the street gets to have. Unless Joe Blow knows the Lord Jesus, he doesn't have eternal life like we do. We understand and know that eternal life is it's going to happen regardless. There is a heaven and there is a hell. You hear people avoid it. They don't want to talk about hell. You don't want to hear about hell. People get scared of hell. I, I, I tell you what, I'm scared to death of it. I'm just thankful I don't have to go there. Hell is as real as heaven ever was. And I believe heaven is, was, was, is a, a place created to per, for those that would not go to hell, for those that will have eternity, it is a place that we get to, sta to stand forever with the Lord Jesus, with God our Father, and realizing and recognizing that we don't have to burn in eternal torment. What a blessing that is. Eternal life is real regardless of if you're lost or if you're saved. But eternal life in heaven is something that we have with that witness inside. What a beautiful thing that is to think and consider that forevermore we get to spend eternity in heaven with him what a blessing that is but it's so regardless I don't believe in heaven I just believe we die and we go back to the, the dust and we, we, we rot and we, we come back regenerated you might come back as a monkey or a hog or a cow or whatever else you're regenerated as but I know when this old boy dies 
that it's eternal life. I stand before God the Father, and that's it. And you won't be coming back as no chicken. You're going to stand before God the Father. You're going to confess your sins. And whether or not you know him, whether or not you have accepted him, that will determine your eternal life and where you spend it. We're a witness of that eternal life. We need to be sharing that with people. We're victorious. If we're saved, if we know the Lord, we are victorious. We've got to share that with the world. We've got to share that with lost people. The devil loves to get people confused. You can stay in front of people. You can present that heaven and hell, and you talk about heaven, and they, oh, it's, I'm, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, it sounds great. It does. But I tell you what, any sane person that you present that to, heaven and hell, they're going to choose heaven every single time. I've heard people say, I'll see you in hell. You're crazier than a shot cat if you think that that's, that's okay. To die and to go to hell and want to be there. I don't understand that. I think that there won't be a millisecond in hell when, before somebody says, all right, I want out of here. And there'll be eternity to pay there. It is too great a cost to pay to consider that we have the opportunity to go another direction. To think about we have an opportunity to go another way. Why would we not choose it? You say, well, I've got sin in my life. Well, I know the man that can handle that. Well, I've got ungodliness in my heart. I know a man that can break those chains. I've got addictions. I've got problems. I've got things in the way. Well, I'm telling you, eternal life is too long of a time for you to hang on to those addictions. It's too long of a time for you to hold on to that ungodliness, to hold on to that hardness and that bitterness. You got to let go. You got to get a hold of God. You got to realize that eternal life is so whether or not you choose to believe it. I've heard people say that kind of stuff. And there's some people that are so oblivious to it. They don't, well, whatever happened will happen. I'm a good person. I don't know. I get up half the time and I got to beat myself back to submit into submission. This old flesh, it takes me places I don't want to go. I tell you, it is dangerous to consider what that that's mine I'm not gonna <laughs> but to consider eternal life and all of its all of its greatness it's so regardless of whether or not I, I choose to believe it one way or the other it says this is the record that God, God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his son you got people out there well I'm I'm going to get by on my good works. I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, half the time, way way my flesh wants to do things. Still, as a saved Christian, the way my flesh wants to handle things, I'm not going to get by on my good works. If I had to rely on the things that I have done, the things that my flesh has chose, the things that, that my mind has followed, chased, thought about, run around, I'd be going to hell on the next load. It's a shame what our old flesh will do. Even saved Christians, it will take us to places where we don't want to go. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. That's the key to the eternal life that I'm talking about. The different way, the different path, heaven Prosperity, people, and and I and I hear people talk. Well, I'm gonna do this, or I'm do, I'm just like I said. I'm just I'd be th- I will be thankful to get in the door. God knows my heart. I mean, my goodness, to get to heaven and think about just the opportunity that we have. But it's through Jesus. That's what this whole series has been about. 
is Jesus. That's what this whole, this whole book's about it, but this whole chapter is about him. And to consider that he is our victory. He is the source of our power. He is the witness that's applied in our hearts. He is the key to our eternal life in heaven. Verse 12 says, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Everyone on this earth, everyone in this room, everyone in this, this earth right now, we have life of a fleshly sense. But this scripture is referring to eternal life with him. See, eternal, eternity in hell is not life. It's torment. It's torture. You know, remember as we read, we were studying and preaching on the forgiveness, that scripture about forgiveness, and considering and understanding that, and thinking about how that, that, that servant, he was sent to his tormentors. He was sent to the tormentors. He was sent to be tormented. He was sent to be tortured. He was sent in a picture. It was a picture of hell. It's a real thing. It's a real place. That's not life. But the victorious, we have a witness of life inside of us that we ought to share with others. It goes on and it says, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you mean, mean that you that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Verse 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that, we hear, if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. The, wit the victorious are witnesses of eternal life, but we're also witnesses of answered prayer. Right. <laughs> I get Sometimes I'll be talking to someone about their prayers and about things. I've never seen God do anything I ask him to do. And you start drilling down at some of the stuff they ask him to do, and, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I don't know. Some of the stuff we, people pray for is not exactly honorable things. God, promote me. Make me this. Make me that. That's not what God wants to hear. And people read this scripture and they say, well, the, the, the Bible says this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. If you're a Christian, your prayers are heard. Your thoughts are known. The intentions of your heart, God knows those things. But what this is saying, people take this as anything I ask for of God, he's going to do for me. And that's not the case. Even as a Christian, we start to pray, God, protect this person, help this person, heal this person. That may not be according to God's will. And in your Christian life, in your prayers, you will find sometimes there are answered prayers that weren't exactly what you were praying for, that weren't exactly what you wanted, that weren't exactly what your flesh needed, weren't exactly how it was presented. God, heal this person. Sometimes that person's better off going on and being with the Lord. I think about circumstances and situations and you see older folks a lot of times, especially they get to that position where they can't be home anymore. The last time I went and saw my granny Fender before she went into hospice, she said, I just want to be at my house. I just want to be home. She wasn't happy and content where she was. And you know what? It was better off according to God's will for her to be home with him because that home is what fulfills. That home is what heals. That home is what gives her happiness on the inside. That's a blessing to me. Sometimes I just want to be home. I'm a homebody. But I tell you what, I might be better off being at home with him on the other side. 
It's all according to his will. And that's a difficult thing, as we've heard the prayers for uh, as we've heard the prayers for Tyler Ross, and we've you've requested prayers, and I've watched things go on and things unfold, and it is it is difficult to consider a situation like that. What would I do? What would my faith look like if I were to come sick at that a healthy person to come down sick and not be able to provide or do things or uh, even take care of myself? It's it's a difficult thought to come through my mind. But, you know, I think about people, and I think about specifically someone I've shared. They were sick, and they had cancer, and I saw him. How are you doing, brother? God has blessed me. God has done great things for me. The hair had fall out, fallen out of his head. He had shriveled down to hardly nothing. How are you doing? I'm just taking it day by day. God's blessing me. Whatever his will is, that's what I want. You know what? That is, that's answered prayer right there. That is it. God, I want you to have your will. I want you to do as you see fit, and I want you to help me uh, be all right with it. That's what true prayer looks like. Not God do this, this, and this. It's not a drive-through line. God, I need this, this, and this from you. That's not how it works. The way it works is, Lord, I want you to have your will in your way and make me okay with it, whatever it may be. Show me your glory through it. Show me the answered prayer through it. You know what God will do when you submit to his will? He will answer prayers you didn't even, you didn't even imagine he would ever answer. I think about people that I know that prayed for loved ones to come to church, and they prayed for years and years and years, and they never wavered, and they never stopped, and every time the altar was open, they were there praying for a loved one. And they'd get down, and they'd pray, and they'd cry, and the church would pray with them, and they'd go back, and for years, I mean years, I watched that happen. That moment that person walked through the door that they had been praying for, it was genuine. It was real. It was in God's will. They didn't drag them to the altar. They didn't drag them to the pew. That's not the right way to do it. But the Holy Spirit convicted their heart and answered a prayer, and that is more valuable than most uh, any do dollar dime uh, does in anything that this world can offer you. True answered prayer is something that you can't put, put a price on it. It's so valuable. But we've, when we pray, we've got to say, if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. That's what he wants to hear from you. That's what he wants to hear from me. It's me to put me out of the way in my prayer and say, God, whatever your will be, I want that. I tell you what, I believe that pleases the Lord. There's people that will tell you you can't please God. But I think that this, this word says otherwise. I believe that it pleases God for you, for you and I to pray, Lord, have your will in your way. Right. And for him to do it, whatever it may be, that may mean a loved one going on to be in heaven with the Lord. That's a hard thing. That's difficult. But if it's according to his will, if we pray, if we're a prayerful person, we say, God, this is your world. We're your people. We're your children. When those things come to pass, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It feels like an answered prayer. What, a, what, what an amazing thing it is. This world, people, lost people want to cling and hold on to just everything this world can provide. But then we consider, you see people, they just lost a loved one. They just had a difficult thing come up in their life. A child passed away. A parent passed away. And you can tell they're grieving. You can tell they're hurting. I believe God knows that we have to grieve. We have to hurt. We have to go through things. But when they're victorious in that, that is a witness of answered prayer. You let one saved person go through cancer, go through sickness, go through losing someone they care about, saying, Lord, you have your will in your way. People see that. 
People know that. The world is like, hey, I can't get that victory. There's something about that boy. There's something about that lady that is true, is real, and genuine. That answered prayer. We're, we can be a witness through that. It says, and if we know that he hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. I tell you what, in your life, have you ever found yourself realizing that our Lord is the, one of the greatest allies, is, he, is the greatest ally you'll ever have of a spiritual nature? When you get into his family, when you get into his fold, when you're saved and you're regenerated and redeemed, you've got an asset on your side that is greater than anything this world can provide. Well, you start realizing that prayer changes things. You've heard the saying, prayer changes things. I've heard things mentioned in this church, prayers mentioned in this church, that God has answered those prayers. Lord, help this person. Let's pray for him. I pray for him as a church. Pray for him through the week. And I believe we do. I believe that when y'all come and ask for prayer requests and I ask for prayer requests, it gets prayed for. And I appreciate that. You don't find that everywhere. You can find buildings full of thousands of people that won't do that. But that kind of answered prayer is genuine. And that is the petition, that, that petition with him, God, I stand before you with your people. We stand together. We stand united. That's the thing. People want to, we, we can fix this with, with this program. We can fix that, this with that situation. We can fix our nation with this person or that person or this party or this group. It's not the case. We can stand together spiritually before the Lord. That's how we change things. That answered prayer can be a witness, can be an example of the truth inside of us. It goes on in verse number 16. It says, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Verse 17, All unrighteousness is sin. And there is a sin not unto death. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. We are begotten of God. We are his children. We are protected from him. Now, as we've studied about, or we've, we're protected from the wiles and the devices of the devil in a, in a nature that truly would destroy us forever, but as we've studied about Job and we've considered Job in our, our Sunday school study, you think about him and all that he experienced and all that he faced and all the, the difficult things that he went through. There was a certain essence his flesh wasn't protected from. Now, he was spiritually bound and protected and held by the Lord, but his flesh was not protected. God opened that door and he said, you, you, that's the strongest one I believe that, he, that on this earth at that time, he said, that's the strongest one I got. You go get a hold of him. And the Lord opened the door for Satan to come and to take everything from Job to the point where, as it says, the potsherd or the potsherd, that's part of a pottery, a broken part of pottery as he would scrape. He would use that to scrape the boils off of his skin. He would lay in the ashes. That's a bad spot to be in. You know, the ashes are something you just make sure it's not still burning. You turn a little dirt over and make sure it's gone away. He used those. He used something that people don't, I mean, you don't have any use for. That's a picture of the fuel being gone. He, he had to use those to, to, to help himself. 
to console himself. And his friends turn against him. His wife was distraught to the point she said, I, I just, just curse the Lord and die. It's a bad spot to be in. I, I can't say I've ever been there. I feel like that I've lived a pretty pain-free life. I know that God's blessed me in ways. Almost 25. I've still got both sets of my grandparents. My parents are together. Things are good. Got a good marriage, a baby. I, God's blessed me with so many things. I can't even begin to explain all he's got done for me. I've never been to that spot so low. But I know that when the time comes that I face something difficult. As this says, But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. The devil may have a little bit of free reign as far as my flesh is concerned. I may go through circumstances for stuff that I didn't even start, just part of life. But I am kept and protected eternally in a spiritual nature by God. And that is the most appealing thing to the world if they will just look and see. They look at Christian people and they see us go through difficult circumstances, victorious. Something, something bad happens and we're just, hey, I'm just thankful the Lord saved me one day. People see that. That's a part of our witness. There's a witness of our eternal life. There's a witness of answered prayer. And there's a witness of separation from the world. And I think the world wants to be separated from the world. Lost people see it and they think, I, you know what? It gets to the point where it just starts to run dry. When you got lost people that are like, you know what? I'm tired of the way people treat people. I'm tired of the way the world is going. I'm tired of the difficult things that are happening. I'm tired of hearing these things. I'm tired of seeing these things go on. When the world gets tired of the world, you know something's wrong with the world. But they see what's inside of me. They see what's inside of you. And they understand that one can't be touched. That child can't be touched by the devil. They're going through a difficult time and they are singing the praises of the Lord. That is part of our witness coming out and showing other people, hey, I'm, I'm separate. I'm, I'm a, of a different breed. I'm of a different people. And it's available to the world. But many turn it away. This separation we're giving, it's beautiful. It says, goes on and it says, of course, key, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come, and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. He wraps this chapter up here considering and understanding our eternal life, that witness that's placed inside of us in a spiritual nature. And when it says that we know him that is true, it's only a true person. It's only eternal truth. It's only absolute truth that can answer prayer, answer everyone's prayer. That's him. I've always heard, be careful making promises because there are some you can't keep. But every promise God has ever made or will ever make 
he will keep. That's just the truth. Answered prayer is part of his absolute truth. And our separation that he offers us, it says, and we are in him that is true even in his son Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ that we stand with that separates us from this world. It says, and we know in verse 19, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. There's nothing about the world that wants to help you in a spiritual nature. But yet it only wants to hinder you. It only wants to hold you back. It only wants to harbor you in the, in the docks of sin. It only wants to keep you away from the things of God. And we battle with it every day. It's a difficult thing. But we know that if we're saved, that witness inside of us, we are kept, we are protected, we are held by him. That song, my mom sings, I've heard others sing it, but it's so peaceful in the arms of my Lord. What a beautiful thing. To where we can, and, and God wants us this way, but like a little baby. You know, I don't remember when I was Riley's age or this one, this one's age in the back. I don't remember those days. Riley won't remember it one day when he's this age. But you know, when his, his mama's holding him, not me yet, but when his mama's holding him, he's peaceful. He's protected. He doesn't have a worry or a care. And he starts to squirm and he starts to cry. She soothes him. She calms him down. She takes care of him. That's how God wants us. That's how he wants us to come to him. You say, well, I'm a grown man. Well, I am too. We all are grown people in here. We're, we're adults. We're some of us coming up to that age. And it gets harder to submit down to that point where I'm just going to be a little babe in his arms. That's an that's a odd thought to our flesh. But I tell you what, when I start to squirm and I start to cry and I start to whine and complain like I do, even though I am a grown man, it's important to realize sure. that witness that he put in me, mm -hmm. that connection that I have with him, sure. that allows me to suit, settle down in his arms. Yeah. He's keeping me. He's holding me. He's offering me eternal life in heaven. Yeah. I'm heading that way. He answers prayer. Mm -hmm. There's some prayers I may not ever see answered. But it may not be according to his will. Sure. I can't get mad at him at that. It's whatever it's according to his will, that's what's going to take place. Sure. And he's separated me. He's made me different than other people. And if you're saved, he's made you different. Mm -hmm. Because you've got him sure. inside of you, living inside of you. It's an odd thought, as I said, to think about, well, I'm 25, I'm 50, I'm 30, I'm... 60, I'm 70. What does it say? He was writing, the, this book was written to grown people. It says here in verse 21, it says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. Little children, God's children. We're all his children. If we're saved, if he's moved inside of our hearts, if you've allowed him in, we're his children. Right. Keep yourselves from idols. I believe it's the things of this world that keep people from being able to say, you know what, I'm victorious eternally. It's the things of this world that keep people from being able to say, he answers my prayers. He separated me. He saved me. He's put me part of a, a group of his own. I wonder this morning, heads closed, 
or excuse me, eyes closed, heads bowed for just a moment. Consider in your own life. You say, well, this, this promise of eternal life, I've been thinking about that lately. It's going to happen either way as we studied this morning. God's God no matter what. He doesn't need my stamp of approval. This eternal life, it takes place for you and for me regardless. Now, there's a sense and essence in understanding life. That means life more abundantly in heaven with him. But there's also another side of that. And I pray that if you don't have that promise of eternal life in heaven, you'd get a hold of it. You say, well, I, I just I don't understand it. I don't understand it all either. Any Christian that's honest with you, they'll tell you they don't understand it themselves. It's a, something our, our, our flesh minds can't, can't comprehend completely. But I tell you what, I'd rather go ahead and say, God, I want, I want to punch my ticket to be able to go to heaven and be with you forever. Because when you consider the reality of hell, it's not worth it. 